Hi, welcome to Get in the Herd. Um, I am the host for the afternoon, Alex Bond. I am a peer leader here at the McShin Foundation, a house leader at Clark House, um, right down the block, barely even a block. Um, and more importantly, a person in recovery from substance use disorder. I have not found the need to put any foreign substances in my body, mind altering or anything. I'm here with a couple newcomers, uh, Justin Akers and Jason Eves. How you guys doing? Hey, feeling good, feeling clean and great. Feeling good. Awesome. Justin, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Uh, my name is Justin. Um, <clears throat> I've been trying my hand at recovery since 2014, and um, I've had a couple of relapses over the past year. Um, OD'd earlier this year. Um, that really was an eye-opener for me. Um, in and out of jail, prison, <clears throat> and um, yeah, now I'm in the intensive, and I'm um, really, really enjoying it. We're happy to have you, brother. Jason, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Jason Eves. Uh, I'm here new to recovery. Uh, <clears throat> I decided to get clean about a week ago. Uh, I was a defense contractor overseas. Uh, ended up getting high. Uh, and then faltering a little bit and ended me here in uh, McShin. Uh, I felt it kind of difficult because it's kind of like Icarus, the guy who felt who flew too close to the sun. Because I was, I was on top of the world, man. And then uh, plummeted straight down to earth, you know, because of my use. But now I'm here. I'm on the road to recovery. And I'm feeling positive about it. That's good. Whatever, whatever gets you in the door, man, honestly. Right. Um, Justin, you mentioned you'd been in and out of recovery since 2014. I remember uh, meeting you actually probably a couple months ago. Back in um, February. So now how many days clean you got? Uh, uh, May 6th, my clean day, so I think 34. There you go. 35. Nice. What do you think is different around this time? What 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 are some of the things that maybe you, you kind of kept stumbling on or, or kept preventing you from maybe, um, I don't know, committing to it, accepting to it? What, I didn't what do you, know. What do you think? I didn't quite realize the damage that I was doing to other people. You know, I was like, okay, it's my body. It's my life. You know, let, let me destroy it if I want to destroy it. So um, being in prison, uh, my mom had two strokes. And uh, that really kind of just hit me this last time, this last time I relapsed because she was so stressed when I called her on the phone, thinking I'm going back to prison and stuff like that. So, you know, if I killed my mom because of my addiction, like, how, how can I live myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, that was huge. And then – um Really, uh, just kind of just throwing my hands up, man. Just being done. Like, I'm so tired of going to jail because every time I use, I end up in jail. Mm -hmm. Like I use till I go to jail every time, and I, I that life ain't for nobody. Yeah, and a lot of times <laughs> it doesn't happen immediately. No, but no. it'll always end up that way every for me personally too. Time. Um, what about what? This is your first time stepping into recovery, Jason. Yeah, very first time, man. Um, what what kind of led you down that path? I mean, you you, you kind of breezed through it and saying, um, you know, you were just living the high life, and then you crashed down. Did something bring you here from court, or are you just kind of as as Justin said, threw your hands up and said, "I'm well, done." It was kind of uh, two things, really. One was that I was done. Um, so I dibbled and dabbled in drug use, <clears throat> you know, through my years as an adult. And uh, I was pretty much lying to myself, lying to myself, lying to my family. And uh, so while I was overseas, uh, I learned, you know, about crack smoking and how to get high, right? So uh, I started smoking crack and whatnot because of the whole COVID thing. Uh, I ended up coming back home uh, and still chasing that high. 
And they come to find out uh, my girlfriend back overseas is pregnant. So I'm going to have a kid. So I'm here ripping and running in the streets, getting high, not paying her any mind, which is definitely the wrong thing to do. Okay. Um, just being selfish, thinking about myself, you know, all that money I made overseas, burnt through that. Okay. I'm neglecting my girlfriend. So finally, I'm sitting there one day and it's like, man, I got to change because it's not going to be just, I'm not just relying on myself. I'm going to have somebody else rely on me. So I need to make that change somehow, some way. And uh, fortunately, I have a, a great um, support system like my mother and my father. Uh, so I went to my dad and he got me here to the McShin Foundation. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's not easy having to take that that step. It takes a lot of a lot of courage to be here, gentlemen. So I, I really appreciate that. And and the honesty and the transparency. Um so you guys are both in the intensive house. Um <laughs> we're actually roommates. <laughs> roommates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and you've been here for a couple weeks now? Now uh, a week and a half. A week. A week today. The 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 Jitters coming off. I remember when I first got here, it's kind of like going into a, a fish out of water scenario. Um, do, do you still feel that anxiety a little bit? I mean, well, like I said, I, I've been trying to treat feeling. I've been in and out of treatment since 2014 and then four years in prison. So, you know, I'm not new to the whole intensive inpatient type deal. But um, yeah, my first day in intensive, I was hating it. I mean, I was so pissed off. Like, I did not want to be here. I thought I didn't need it. And um, probably after about three days, I was like, yeah, I need this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, at the the anxiety and stuff's definitely calmed down. And um, now I'm, I'm really enjoying it. You know, the guys in the house, we got a good group of guys and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm good now. You know, I'm, I'm ready for um, – I've been in three weeks now, so transitioning next week. Um, and I feel ready for it. That's good. A lot of times people are, are, aren't ready for that transition or, you know, exiting the program and stuff like that. Because for me personally, change is super scary. Like it terrifies me most oh, of the yeah, time. Yeah. What, what about what about you now versus when you first came in? You still have kind of those jitters or nah. you seem like a pretty, like, pretty outgoing guy in general. Yeah. So when I. OK, so it was kind of hard to come to terms uh, and then coming into recovery. So here I am off to this uh, recovery place, so to speak. I have no idea what to expect. Uh, so when I first, when I got here, um, I pretty much slept my first night. Okay. And, uh, in, in the, uh, recover or in the group home. And so that night I woke up to a plate of food at my bedside, right. Which was the dopest thing ever, because I mean, I was in no shape to cook and I was hungry as hell. Cause I'd eaten a good meal in a, you know, a couple of days. And I, I come from a military background. So that brotherhood you learn in basic training and whatnot, kind of applies here. So that kind of helped with the jitter. So I was like, oh, this is just like basic in a sense, but you know, of the mind, you know, and get myself right. So jittery, no, nah, not anymore. Like I'm smooth sailing right now. So I'm just trying to work on me. No, that's good. And and the fact that you two are roommates is great because it is a, a very interesting bond that you have when, when you're actually like the roommates to someone, you got to make sure each other get up on time. You're military, so you you don't have to worry about making your bed. But a lot of people seem to have a really hard time just making their bed. Something yeah. as small as well, we, 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 we're on it. Yeah, yeah we make up every morning, man. Are there yeah. other people who do struggle with that though? I mean, chores. <laughs> even, 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 even chores. We don't have to mention them on on air or anything. But even something as simple as like you know doing your dishes, doing your chores. I mean, how do you guys deal with with holding other people in the house accountable, even though you're not say a house leader or anything? Do you, do you still do that, and to what capacity? 
Yeah, I'd say we still hold each other accountable. Like Justin and I, not not so much. Uh, but for the other other members of the house, like we pretty much leave them to their own devices. And Jeff, uh, the the house leader, he kind of he's the one. He's like a drill sergeant, and gets all of them and whatnot. What about you, Jeff? I mean, I ain't got no problem telling somebody to get on their chore because. I don't want that bad house inspection. <laughs> I want to hear Jesse. Yeah, I want the smoke. <laughs> you know, baby. I don't need that smoke. <laughs> so um, here, but that's only been here recently. Um, I feel like I've been taking a little bit more of a leadership role. So, um, so that's been cool. Um, but yeah, just kind of like making sure people clean up after themselves and stuff like that. You know, it's weird because it's like we're peers. We're both in the same situation. Mm -hmm. We're both in intensive, but it's like, like you said, it's just accountability. You know what I mean? And like, if one of us looks bad, we all look bad. Right. So that's what it is at the end of the day. Yeah, because I'm I'm of the opinion of you don't have to have a title or a leadership, you know, moniker to be a leader in, in, in any capacity. So um, that's good that you guys do that. Um, service work. So so you were mentioning that responsibilities. I noticed you you've been picking up more and more responsibilities, like every week almost. Is is that something that you know, wh why do you do that? Helps me stay clean, man. How? Uh, just knowing that I have a responsibility that I have to take care of. My entire life is just, I've been running from responsibility, you know, like not having my own cell phone plan, you know, like not paying my bills or, you know, only paying them because I absolutely had to because I was about to get kicked out or something like that. So um now i'm trying to be more responsible and kind of live an adult life for once you know my mom's told me i've been on summer vacation for like 15 years <laughs> i hear that so uh yeah um so yeah i've definitely been taking on more responsibility and honestly i like it you know um it, it just gives me something to kind of like something that i have to do something that i know that i have to take care of or else i could you know jeopardize everything for real for real. small things that lead to those big things yeah the domino effect is very right. very yeah, real it's very real jason i hear in your story the um impact that kind of the pandemic and covid had on your recovery experience um so i guess the question i'm asking is um do you think that it's kind of a blessing in disguise or were, 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 would you have gotten into like do you think you were more prepared dealing with the pandemic coming in here or like less prepared? Uh, I think I was more prepared because so I was in Saudi Arabia before coming over here and Saudi seemed to have a, a, a good handle on on the COVID out, uh, outbreak once it went down, like they shut that shit down once it happened. So I was quarantined for a while. So coming over here, I think it, in terms of, you know, my drug use, it made me less prepared because I didn't have that connection with uh, with certain people because you know mm -hmm. quarantine and, and keeping your distance and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I hear well now that I'm here at the foundation, um, it seems to be doing a little bit better because I have that physical connection or that that personal one on one connection with people. Yeah, where it's more than say a television screen right. or the dope man. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly, wholeheartedly for all of thirty seconds. No, <laughs> boom, 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 gone, gone. <laughs> for sure. That so you guys both did the Zoom meetings, like 12-step meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you been able to go to any like 
meetings now that they've opened back up what what, what do yeah, you think we've, uh, we've been attending some uh here at hasher um it's really convenient because it's right across the street mm -hmm. so um we went to one last night i thought it was really good um so i'm really happy that uh they're having these underground meetings and stuff like that what's the difference is, is, is uh, it between much, zoom and a meeting yeah is it that much oh man it's the deal? intimacy it's, it's the vibe it's the energy it's, it's actually watching somebody while they're telling their story you know what i'm saying feeding off of their energy and their emotion like i'm an empath so i feed off of vibes mm -hmm. and so that's really big for me because the zoom is just there's no connection for for me for me personally yeah they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, to, to expound on what you were saying the energy so like what we have here at hasha right here at this gazebo which is convenient right across from the house man the amount of people there and just the vibe the atmosphere it's it's exhilarating, like it gives you goosebumps. And to hear these personal stories and people and how they're coping with recovery, um, both in a COVID atmosphere and now that we're opening back up, it's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It makes me feel uh, positive in my own recovery because I see so many people out there to support. No, I, I totally agree. My my opinion on the on the Zoom meetings is they're great to have like on something in the background, but my main problem with with them where people were distracted while they were in meetings so they would either be driving or yeah. eating or playing with their kid or it, it was kind of just like a ambient thing right, compared right. to like at the in-person meetings it's like everyone is there for usually usually one thing and that's right. to share and to take yeah. in 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 advice um what 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 sort of pathways to recovery have you guys been looking at um, I mean, you guys both go to 12-step. Have you looked into maybe smart recovery? Uh, like I said, uh, back in the past, I had a huge problem with 12-step uh, because of the whole, you know, religious aspect to it. That's why I like NA over AA because it's a God of our own understanding. And, um, but I always did smart. Um, I don't intend on stopping doing smart, but uh, I'm definitely adding the 12-steps this time. Uh, as far as myself, I have no clue, to be honest, because I'm, I'm still very green. Um, and it, one is just me becoming honest and open with myself and trying to figure out that pathway mm -hmm. uh, and, and trying to experience these different pathways is, is, is what I need to do first, but I'm, I'm open to all, but I think the non-religious aspect of the NA way is maybe one way I'd go. Well, yeah. smart science-based. Smart science. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's kind of more, more like a class or like a discussion type thing where you have one person who, who talks about the actual like chemicals in the brain and everything oh. like that and how, how it affects us that way. Um, it's definitely interesting. And I, I think of it as like, I tried everything under the sun to get liquored up. So if I can try, you know, rum, vodka, tequila, everything <laughs> to get liquored up, then I can try every different way, right. trial and error and how to get clean too yeah. at the same time. Um, and, you know, staying diligent is, is super important. I think the connection over there at Scott House is really cool. Um, you'll be able to go to the house meeting tomorrow on Wednesday where you'll get to see, like, everyone in the program, which is a really, really cool experience. Meet all the staff members. And, uh, yeah. Right, not to cut you off. No, my understanding, uh, a lot, family members are allowed to come to this one, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so family members are allowed to come in and um, alumni, too. So um, that's one thing that is kind of one of the foundational aspects of mixtion is that the alumni stay plugged in really well but because of this covid thing we haven't been able to meet a lot of them but a lot of them end up coming back to meetings to the house meeting to different stuff like that and um it's a great way to get 
you know, plugged in and, and expand your network right. really easily. Um, is that something that's important to you? Like, what, what's your network? Oh, the network like? is, is that as important? Because, like, meetings aren't that important to me, but my network is really important to right. me. Right, and, and meetings is where you're going to build your network. You know what I'm saying? So they are important in a sense, but, like, uh, yeah, the network is probably my biggest thing. Um, the group, you know what I'm saying, the, uh, the community, knowing that if one person doesn't pick up, somebody will. You know, and no matter what your issue is, whatever problem you're going through, somebody will help you. So, yeah, the yeah the network's huge. Yeah, have you been able to get any any numbers? Because uh, I know I know you guys don't have phones right now, but I, I really recommend <laughs> seriously rolling up with a pen and a piece of paper and getting like at least two or three numbers. Yeah, like, old school style, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, not not so much. So being an intensive or just being fresh to the program, I haven't been able to do that much networking, but. Uh, these past couple of meetings that have been out here since it's open, I, I've, I've met a few people here and there, albeit, you know, the honeys and the women, but I mean, I got to get the number one way somehow, some, uh, some way. So I am networking a little bit. Bit by bit. Bit by bit. Day by day. And it's important, like, I, I, my biggest advice that I give to people who just come into the program is just be coachable and positive. And, and if you can do those two things, you're usually more successful is, is just, you know, be able to hand some handle some criticism and then keep trucking forward and being positive. And I think you two do that very well. And it's exemplified by how you talk about your, your recovery and your pathway and everything like that. So I, I really appreciate the clarity and everything, gentlemen. Um, what have you guys been doing, I guess, for fun over there? Do you like what, what, what sort of activities do you keep busy now that we don't spend them Hi, what are we what are we doing? Uh, we've built some pretty nice fires lately. Yeah, man, some very great bonfires. Yeah. We got some great little fires house. going. Uh, it's a nice little community event too. You know, we all hang out by the fire. Well, most of us and sit there and just kind of shoot the bull. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just kind of hang out and talk to each other. Uh, I spend a lot of time in a book every morning. I read sometimes at night too. Uh, meditation. Um, yeah, music. Music's huge for me, so yeah. Because I was about to say that you're 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 big on like festival circuit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and what's cool is like I'm I'm planning a little tour next year uh, with a buddy of mine, and um, I've already done a couple of festivals sober, and they're a blast. I mean, they're awesome, dude. So it's and and you remember everything. <laughs> you know? So they're not like that triggering experiences, or do you no. go in there with a game plan? No, I go in there with a game plan. They what's they, they like? have sober camping. Okay. Uh, they have sober sections at uh, every every set. You know what I mean. The the group will um, be like, "Hey, we're going to be in the front left corner." You know what I mean. We can all meet up and kind of support each other and stuff like that. They even have meetings at some festivals. Oh, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. That's 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 awesome because I'm I'm big on music. Maybe not entirely the festival circuit because it is so like drug riddled that you, that you kind of got to go in with bubble wrap a little bit. Yeah. A little um, bit. What what sort of hobbies and interests um, do you have, Jason, that you might have to like plan for now that you'd have to go back to them? So uh, I've been trying to get back into the gym. Uh, being an intensive, um, we get a free gym membership. However, uh, mm -hmm. I need to hang out for a couple of weeks before I can actually start going to the gym because you don't want me running down to the domain. You know, said so. I got to make sure I take care of me first. But I have been uh, doing laps around here around the parking lot. Cool. And then we have a weight bench and some free weights at the house. So I've been real uh, into my physical fitness because that's 
what you learn in the military, that's what I'm trying to get back to. And that helps me flush out all the toxins and chemicals that were in my body. Yeah, I think the military background puts you at a great advantage. I, I think so. Uh, and I'm glad I have that toolkit, per se, for lack of a better term, to, to help me in my recovery. Now, do you have to relearn that self-discipline or is it kind of something that's still in you? You just have to remember it or do you almost have to like relearn and recalibrate it? Like to, to what extent does does that play a factor in, in so, how, you, how you recover? To be honest, it, it's, it's muscle memory, uh, but you do have to recalibrate uh, to your recovery and, you know, becoming, you know, clean. Um, I, I think that self-discipline uh, is still there. Um, I just have to intensify it or, or hype it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, I know, I know like for me, like, you know, I'm former prior, prior military as well. And so like when I got into my recovery, having that structure actually makes exactly. a, a big difference right there because I know like, you know, just mentally, I mean, aside from the physical, like you were talking about, like just mentally that structure of, you know, what you, you know, what you taught your, you know, what you were taught, what you learned, it, it makes you more, pliable i believe like at least it did for me you know well, yeah and i'm i'm the type of person that i like spontaneity and chaos and doing something different <laughs> yeah, like yeah. every single day or something okay. like that so being able to find um you know rhythm and self-discipline while also trying to be able to do different things right because if i get stuck in a rut doing monotonous stuff tedious tasks over and over and over again It'll just make me go crazy, honestly. Yeah, I'm the same uh, do, do you feel the same I'm way? The exact same way. I like. I mean, I like to have a schedule. You know what I mean? But like, I schedule different things. <laughs> I don't want to go to the river every day. You yeah. Know what I mean, I don't want to go do the same thing every single day. I like to mix it up. Well, basically, it's just falling into a routine. So, like, it, it for me, it's all about that routine. So now, like this week, um, I'm focusing on getting to bed by 11. You know, and waking up at 5:45 to get that run in and then get the gym up, free weights in, and then shower, shave, and all that jazz, and then boom, here at McShin to go through these meetings. So I, I try to have that set routine this week. You know, it might not work out every day because, you know, you know, life. Right? I knew you went to bed early last night. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you I know, right? <laughs> hell yeah, I was in bed early, man. Oh, I went up there, I said, what the hell are you doing? You're totally right, though. I mean, like, the 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 routine of that outside thing i can't advocate enough for that because when i you know like last night i went to bed at like 2 30 a.m i'm not i'm not even gonna lie i was like riding around on a bike on a bicycle just listening to music by myself and i was like this is really cathartic and then i got a shower after that because i like you know i'm i'm a night owl i think that the best writing that i do and creative that i feel and productive is is usually when i'm like by myself everyone's asleep and i'm not there aren't any distractions yeah. is, is kind of how i think about it but being able to go to bed and get up at the exact same time fixes your circadian rhythm and then you feel more productive throughout the day while you're awake like i have a bad habit of taking a nap as soon as i get home and then i wake up two hours later and then i'm just like screwed until 2 a.m or something like that um do you got do you, i remember you saying that you you read the na book like every day is that a um is that like one of those rituals and one of those routines that you get into or is that just something that you do um, every now and then part of my homework from one of my recovery coaches uh was to start a routine uh for the next 30 days and if i want to continue it continue it tweak it do whatever 
And part of that routine is to uh, get into my basic text every single day. So, and, and I mean, I love it for real. You know, I highlight things. If I have a question or I want to talk about it with somebody, I do. So, you know, it's, I, I mean, I, I've really been enjoying it. What are some of the things that you guys have, uh, you, you've just been here for a week now. What are some of the things that you've learned? What are some of the groups that you enjoy more than others that are based on certain things? I mean, either y'all can jump in on that. Cause I know like when I was here, I felt like I heard the same stuff a little bit more than I heard other stuff. Right um, so what, what do y'all think on that? Well, uh, again, I've been in treatment. This is my sixth time. So yeah, it's not like I'm really hearing anything new, but it, I'm, I'm hearing it new, if that makes sense. Like I'm registering it new. Um, and I'm hearing things that are the same things that I've heard before, but they're resonating this time. And, um, so that's really cool. Um, and then honestly, like some of the groups too, like some of them are some kind of new, you know what I mean? But they do get repetitive because it's the same group every week and I have already heard it, but I still go in with an open mind and an open heart because it's like, I might hear something that I didn't hear last time. And usually I do. Yeah. And a lot of that takes active listening, right? Where you, where yeah. you actually have to lean in yeah. and think and process because the way that people can engage you as like a facilitator or anything like that could be completely different. Um, I, I always responded to someone who was way more engaging and right. active and writing notes on boards and stuff like that. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you think about that, Jason? Like what, what, so I mean, what are some of the topics that you've heard in the last week that you've attached to, or what do you, what do you think about the groups here in general? So the, the groups here in general, I mean, they're great because I'm new, but um, I think, uh, this week I started with uh, the peer-to-peer -peer or the one-on-one -on -one with uh, my man Moses. Okay. And uh, I, I find those more. Uh, I, I learned more from that because it, it's one-on-one, -on -one and my man calls me on my bullshit. So it, yeah. it's, <clears throat> it's that 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 tough love, that hard learning. Um, the other groups like the high noon uh, uh, NA group mm -hmm. is, is pretty. Yeah, yeah, or AA, excuse me. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Your excuse. <laughs> the the one-on-ones are such an intimate experience, yeah, I is, think, because, you know, you don't, I, we, we naturally as people in recovery are worried about being judged, I think, a lot of times. Yes. So when all there is is you and that one person, I, I feel like I could be a lot more genuine with them mm. and, and be comfortable with them calling me on my shit. Like, Absolutely. He get does he give you homework too? Because yeah. I know he gives oh, like everyone yeah. homework. Oh yeah, does he? A ton of homework. I got three recovery coaches and Moses. I'm always doing homework. <laughs> you ought to be recovered by now, dude. Yeah, I know, right? I should be cured. Yeah, I, I mean, I I love Moses. Um, I don't know. The whole experience is great. So, are, are you planning on staying longer than the 28 days, or or what? What might I know? That's kind of like putting the cart before the horse, but. I always think it's a good idea. If if you fail to plan, you're planning you plan to, fail. to fail. Right, my man. So I I don't know yet, but I, I'm kind of leaning that way. But again, I am taking it one day at a time or hell, one second at a time, one minute sure. at a time. Um, but there's a lot of good substance here, and it's kind of what I need in my life. Not kind of, it is what I need in my life mm -hmm. uh, at the moment. So uh, I, I think so. There's still a lot of questions that need answered. So I think I'm going to hang around until I get a good amount of those answered. And Justin, you mentioned that you're actually planning on transitioning within the next like week or so. Yeah, uh, my 28 days is up on Sunday. Um, I just finished up my transition plan. I got all my signatures and everything. I don't know exactly which house I'm going to yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, 
I was just speaking with Jesse downstairs and he was like, I recommend staying 90 days. And I was like, I'm thinking more like a year. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, you know, you play it by ear at the same time. You know, I just don't want to not be ready and leave before, you know, before mm -hmm. I am. So. Yeah. I felt from my personal experience, usually the perfect time is like nine months. Yeah. On, that, on, that's on, what I was saying. Honestly, nine months to a year. Yeah. I mean, some people that's, that's just a rough estimate from what I've seen is somewhere between like six to nine months. Um, has had a really high success rate. Okay. Um, usually, from my experience, people who come in intensive get their 28 days. And they shoot the dude. Skedaddle. It, 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 it's, it's not a blanket statement. I don't, want, I don't want to treat it as such, but it, you are more likely to relapse. Um, I think that the automatic thing is people who are within their first year of recovery, 97% of people who are just getting into recovery relapse within the first year. So that means you, you got to be that 3%, right. like, and, and it's not easy, but, after, <laughs> but after you get that, it's crazy. I think, I think Matt was telling me this. So after you get that first year, then you were 66% likely to get two years. Okay. So you're 97%, you're 3% likely to get a year. And then once you get that year, you're 66% likely to get two. And then you're like 90% likely to get five. Actually, I mean, it's crazy. After you get over that first year hump, right. you're pretty much golden. Right, right, right. Which is why it's really important to like surround yourself with the good herd. I know Absolutely. you guys have probably heard that phrase before. Yeah. Um, what, what can you kind of discern between the good herd and the bad herd um, characteristic wise? I know it's not always easy, but it's not always easy. Um, like I said, being in and out of treatment, man, some of the ones that you're like, oh, well, he's definitely going to make it are the first ones to relapse, you know. Um, but I'm not saying that happens every time. But, um, you know, usually you can tell who's, who's talking the good talk and walking the good walk. You know what I mean? And the ones that are really focusing on recovery and talking about recovery and, you know, stuff like that. And then the ones that are just glorifying their past and the war stories and stuff, those are the ones I try and stay away from. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, surround yourself with the people, who, you know, like-minded people. Right. Um, actually, I think that's why I chose to room with Justin because he was, you know, prior service. And I think somebody who's prior service is more likely to succeed, lo and behold. You know. <laughs> that's pretty fortunate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think just surrounding yourself with like-minded people uh, and more, uh, you will succeed, you know, better to succeed. Steel sharp and steel. And I, I, I love like the 10 step. You guys, you guys still do 10 step every yeah, day, yeah, right? Yeah. Or Sunday through Thursday. Yeah. So what would be like, yeah. if you had to whip out like something for 10 step right now, what would it be like? When was the last time you were wrong and promptly admitted it? Um, let's see. Oh man. <laughs> okay. I'm going to play it out. I'm gonna, no, I'm going to play the fifth one now. Uh, the last time I was really wrong. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yesterday I had to do uh, MRT for drug court, and um, I had to redo my first What's step. What's MRT? Uh, moral recognition therapy. Okay. Um, so it's a group that we do all throughout every phase of drug court. It's uh, 13 steps, and you got to memorize paragraphs and do, like, workbook type stuff and give testimonies and stuff like that. So yesterday during my testimony, I really had to admit how I was wrong when I relapsed and, and the lies that I told and the betrayals I did and the crime I committed and stuff like that. So like, 
I really came from the heart with that one. Now, it's only supposed to be between five and ten minutes. I, I took up like thirty. There you go. <laughs> so um, commit to the bit. Yeah, yeah, for real. I, I really came clean about some stuff, and um, you know, it actually felt really good to get it off my chest. So, but yeah, just uh, talking about how, because you know, when I relapse and I'm in active addiction, I don't want to tell anybody. You know what I mean? I will lie and lie and lie. I'll tell you, no, I ain't how we talking about, you know? <laughs> or, or, or my favorite is the, oh, I didn't lie. I didn't say anything. Yeah, I just like didn't lie by omission by used to be right, my favorite right, right. because then I couldn't actually be told I was lying. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to hate hearing that. You're lying by omission. Like, no, no, yeah. you know? No, but no, it's definitely lying by omission. So, so the, um, the, the MRT down here, like, that's the white book, right? That's the yeah, white I book. got it right here. Yeah, so I, I pulled up. I, in Pennsylvania, I, I was in a I was in a daily recording center up there, and I had to do the MRT as well. Mm -hmm. And I always hated the fact that I would go through the steps, and then I had to be judged by the group of yeah, peers group, yep. whether I was being honest or not. Because, it, but it it kept you humble. Yes, absolutely. you know, and it, you know, because they they would be quick to call you out on on your BS. Oh, super quick. So, super quick. and yeah. I got to do it with three POs on there too. So <laughs> it ain't easy at all. No, yeah. and that 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 authentic peer to peer. Is what works for me. I mean, here here at McShen, like you know, there's no difference between some some of the staff members and some of the peers here. Like I get called out, and I call out peers because that is the way that this is supposed to operate. Right on. That's the beauty of McShen, right yeah. there. Yeah, it's authentic as it gets, and right. everyone on the fact that everyone on staff is also in recovery is such a friggin' game huge, changer, man. Huge. Like I know in, in the past different things that I did and, and from hearing other people's experiences, you know, being in a group facilitated by someone who's got a doctorate in psychology and substance use disorder might know as much as they possibly can about this disease, yeah. but, they get, but, but from a book, from like, a book. it, it, it <laughs> yeah. is so crazy. Like, like the actual ability to feel that connection of like, I, I know where you've been because I've been there. Yeah. Like you, you, you can feel it a lot of times more right. than it can even be articulated. And then also with people that are coming from that book and education standpoint, it's like you can manipulate them. You know what I mean? I can get around them. Yeah. But like, <laughs> the peer-to-peer, the, the -peer, it's like, bro, you're doing the same things I was doing. You know yeah, what right. I mean? Yeah. I can tell you are not manipulating me. You no, know what you I mean? Can't, I can't can see bullshit a bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't bullshit a bullshit. And so a lot of a lot of times people can kind of see and poke the holes in and and why people are acting a certain way when I've been through the same thing. Um yeah, I think that's a really really good point. You know, it's funny cuz um so when I finally say hey, all right, I need help. Okay? So <laughs> I went to another treatment center and I ain't going to say no names, right? So it was maybe about 45 minutes from here. So we got there first. <clears throat> and because of some technicality, I couldn't get admitted because they weren't a detox center, right? But this place, right, this place, this treatment center is somewhere that Trump's sister would go to, okay? All right, it's posh, top, you know, state-of-the-art posh place that I can manipulate and bullshit, okay? So because I didn't get in there on a technicality, became an shin, right? Well, people are just like me, right? So I'm so glad that I came here as opposed to going there because I wouldn't be honest and true to myself if I were there as opposed to here. Yeah, it'd be in and out. And, yeah, then, and, then, and then you'd have maybe a nice tan and a couple massages under yeah. your belt. Right. Oh, like, right. And, then and get different out things work for different people. I don't right. want to, you know, 
<laughs> I don't want to badmouth passages at Malibu or anything like that. I mean, I've been to those upscale uh, treatment centers, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're nice and everything, but like you do have a lot of those people that are just reading out of a book. Right. And it's like, I can just say what you want to hear and you're like, oh, he's doing great. You know? <laughs> You've actually had that experience with yeah, those places. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you, you said something earlier that I wanted to touch on if you're comfortable with it. So what are some of those um, things that you personally deal with and think about um, that lead to relapse? Because you've been down that path a few uh, yeah, times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially since like like when I relapsed before, it was because like I never worked a program. I went to meetings right, right. and I was like, all right, I'll just be sober. And I would get maybe like six or eight months sober, but it wasn't because I was going to meetings. It was because, you know, I made like a bet with my friend or something right. like that. Um. So like this past some- relapse, I can't even explain it. I wasn't going through anything. You know, it wasn't like um, any emotional trauma or anything like that. It was just like, I just wanted to get high, you know, and I didn't do what I knew I should have done and picked up that phone and called the right person. I did pick it up, but I called the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, but in the past, you know, my relapse have been because of like stress and, um, you know, got a court case coming up or, um, boredom's huge for me um you know like we were talking about that right right boredom is huge for me so that's why i like to stay active or something like that engaged at least uh in something uh, whether it be tv or a book or you know just doing something with my hands or you know skateboarding or snowboarding or on the water i love being on the water um so yeah uh usually my relapses just come from boredom and stress for the most part um and then like responsibility, you know, I start getting all these responsibilities and it's just like, oh, it's just too much. I don't want to deal with it right now. You know? What well, I mean? that's the double-edged sword is because you just said these responsibilities will help yeah. me stay clean. No, they are. They really are. So, because so I'm working a program now. Because yeah. I'm actually working a program in the past. I never worked a program mm-hmm. ever. Never got a sponsor. Never tried the steps, anything. And the way I look at it is it can't hurt anything. It's obviously not going to hurt me. So why not give it a shot? Mm-hmm. And it's, and I mean, it's, it's been huge. It's definitely helping. That's awesome. What, what sort of responsibilities do you have that you still have? Like, I mean, you, you have a son, daughter on the way. I don't know yet, man, but I got something on the way. And it's, it's, man, it's, it's it's amazing. It's, it's, it's exciting. So that's obviously going to be a huge responsibility. But uh, to be honest, one thing I learned though, is I can't take care of that responsibility until I, you know, hold myself responsible and, mm-hmm. and accountable for my drug use. So first off, I got to figure out what the hell I want to do about me. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, my, my son is one of my biggest motivating factors right is I, I can't take care of him unless I take care of me. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's not easy because a lot of people want to lean on those responsibilities by saying, Hey, I got bills to put, I got bills to pay. I got mouths to feed. I got to get my 28 days and get out of here. Yeah. And and that's usually the main the main right you know reason why they don't stay long enough is because of these responsibilities. When Justin just made the argument that these responsibilities help keep us clean, if we can actually you know put ourselves at the bottom of those responsibilities, right. not the other way around. Well, I mean, it's like uh, I've heard it a bunch of times. Anything you put in front of your recovery, you're going to lose it. So uh, you know, kids, family, house, Oof, cars, deep, any of that, yeah. Anything you put in front of that recovery, you will lose. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've proven that to myself time and time and time again. Dang. 
So like the responsibilities that I'm getting now are recovery related. You know what I mean? Yeah, I still got, you know, the car insurance and stuff like that. And, um, but like having these responsibilities that are recovery related help keep me in line. You know what I mean? It's accountability. That's all it is, accountability. Yeah, that's what one, one guy that was a participant here was was emphatic that like the actual complete foundation of it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I agree with it to a point, but it, it is personal accountability. Right. It's, it's being able to own up to your own shit a lot yeah. of times is, is being able to, you know, when we're wrong, promptly admitted it. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're not, we didn't get to answer you. <laughs> so the tell 10 step thing. Yeah. What, what, what's, what, then, what's the way that you practice 10 step today? Oh, today? I or recently. Recently. All right. Okay. I'll tell you about my first 10 step experience. Okay. Boom. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that uh, all right. I got I'm brand new to the house. Uh, I've been sleeping all day or all night, and I wake up to this plate of food, and I smash this food because I'm so hungry, right? So I try to go back to sleep, uh, and it doesn't work, but I'm still hungry, you know what I'm saying? So I go downstairs to the fridge, right, and there's this half rack of baby back ribs. I didn't care whose it was. I <laughs> smashed them, <laughs> right? Because I was like, ah, whatever, I'm hungry, so I just smashed them. So the next day, uh, we're in the house, and they're talking about the whole 10-step thing. What the hell is 10-step? I don't know what 10-step is. It's so like, I read it. Right. So you, my band reads it. And I was like, oh, shit. So I got to talk about something I you know, did wrong. It's like, oh, man. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I was like, OK, I'm just going to come clean. I was like, I ate somebody's baby back ribs, man. I'm sorry. I don't know who they were. I didn't care. I was just hungry, and I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's what I was wrong. Did someone speak up and say they were mine, and I appreciate you Actually, saying I'm I think sorry. They were, they were not. Yeah. He, didn't care. he didn't even care. My <laughs> man didn't even care. But I was like, oh man, they're gonna hate me. See, because- that's the best thing that I found, especially like in McShin. Especially, it's like, man, you ate it. Big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll get more. You know what I mean? It is what it is. You know. Now you owe me a dinner. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, and right. It's, right, it's right, not right. like a. And I'd say heads. probably like ninety percent of the time, if anyone gets like bent out of shape over that sort of stuff. It's more of like a, all you had to do was ask. Right, yeah. Right. Just all you had to do was ask. And I guess it was like 2.30 in the morning. And I ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go up. wake up every single person. <laughs> like, hey, bro, no, no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> wake up every single person in the house. Hey, is that, there's your ribs. That was a tense step. That was a hard one for your first one. You were probably like, what the hell yeah, did I get myself intense. into? Yeah. I remember I remember mine was pretty tense, too. I, I came straight out of jail, bed, bed to bed, <laughs> literally with just the clothes on my back. No, no <laughs> joke. And I met 11 people immediately because the house was like completely full. Wow. And they had some sort of conflict between this person was telling that person something and there was this kind of like sneaky stuff going on. (laughs) And I was like, what am I getting myself into right now? I think I handled it pretty well, though. Yeah, you did. You you did mediator. I did. I think so. (laughs) Kind of squashed it. Yeah. They're they're cool now. Is it hard dealing with the testosterone at that place every now and then? I yeah, sometimes. sometimes. I think it's a little out of hand. Testosterone, man. You, like, it, we seem like a bunch of women up in that bed. But I mean, <laughs> all the drama. I'm telling you, there's a lot of drama, but I mean, we do handle it like men, and we it generally gets squashed. But I mean, pretty it, quickly it, too. Quickly as well. It, it it does get tense, but I mean, we're we're pretty good about it. Like the brotherhood, the camaraderie that comes along with that house is. Again, absolutely it's unmatched. Yeah. yeah, it's unmatched, unrivaled. I mean, the only thing you can rival it with is the military, to be honest. Right, yeah. What what why do you think that that drama bubbles up? Do you think that's more of like a I don't have my phone, so I'm bored. Let's start entertaining each other by just 
causing some drama thing? Is it is it dealing with our emotions coming back to us? That's definitely part of it. And then you got people withdrawing, withdrawing, detoxing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not easy at people all. People can't get high. Yeah, people right. can't get high. I don't know right. what to do with this feeling I'm feeling. Yeah. Or, you know, I just got off the phone with a girl or mom or whatever it is for whoever it is. And it's just like pissed off or angry or sad or upset. It's like you got to take it out somehow. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it just ends up. But, I mean, we always squash it really quick. Like, we had an issue with two dudes in the house recently. And, you know, everybody was like, okay, keep these two away from each other. And then the very next day, one of those two had an issue with another participant. And that other guy's one that stood up for him. Yeah. It doesn't matter about what happened over there. I got your back no matter what. Mm -hmm. That was huge. That was like, wow. I was shocked. (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's a lot of camaraderie. I mean, that brothership, it, it is unrivaled uh, at the end of the day. Um, well, like Alex, I know I can, like, I can identify like what you were saying. Because like, when I first moved to Richmond, like, what, three and a half, you know, three years ago, I was staying at a sober, ha- a sober home off of Libby Avenue. And so it was pretty much I came out of seven months of being locked up. I came down here. I was in a house full of, like, I think it was, like, 12 guys. We were in a loft like an attic that wasn't, you know, it was wide open. I worked night shift. So I was trying to like adjust and, you know, and it was, but I mean, you, you definitely find even in the midst of what seems to be craziness, there's definitely a camaraderie and a tightness that's built, you know, through people, you know, coming together, like in that environment. So it was, you know, so it's, it's funny to, I mean, it doesn't really matter the organization or the house or, you know, where it's at. It seems to be a lot of it's same. general. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and one thing that helped me out, you can tell me if, if, if maybe due to being in the military, you have prior more experience than I do is like, I was terrible at conflict resolution. Like before I came here, if I had a problem with someone or anything, I would just let it fester until I just friggin' popped. Mm. Um, I was kind of more of like a fight or flight person flight about 75% of the time and, and was just so terrible at being able to articulate to people how I was feeling, how they were feeling. And then, you know, as, as you're saying, squash that beef, like right when it comes up, have you, have have you guys always been that good at that? Or is that something that you've kind of been, uh, had newfound success at? I'd say newfound success uh, in speaking for myself and for other people, because I mean, men we we tend to don't you know verbalize our emotions that well mm-hmm. and then coming through recovery i mean we are some emotional dudes to be honest i mean really and getting in touch with our feelings and whatnot so i mean what do you say Justin? for me i can only speak for me personally um i growing up with so many siblings i got two brothers and a sister seemed like there was always conflict um <clears throat> so uh I kind of got good at that at an early age, kind of being like, hey, you calm down, you calm down. Okay, y'all talk about it, get it over with. Because I don't want to sit around with that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I feed off vibes. So I don't want any any negative emotions whatsoever. So you think that, that your experience in big, being in kind of like a family or a bigger family scenario or setting, like do, how many siblings do you have? I have three siblings, but I have a lot of cousins too. And we've all been really close my entire life, so... Oh, and then that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Do you have any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I got two brothers, but they were so I was out out of the house before, you know when they were coming when they were getting raised. So I, see, I was pretty much the only child. Okay. Honest, when we get 
Yeah, that makes sense. Cause Must like, nice. like I, I hated conflict because it was literally like my parents were divorced. So it ended up just being like me and my little brother versus the world yeah, at yeah. any time. So as long as like I had him, I was good. And, and that was pretty much it. Like if something came up, I would just like, you know, take the bullet, lie down or whatever, right. whatever to make sure that he was all right. Yeah. I did the same thing for my brother having an abusive father and an addict, alcoholic father. It was just like, <clears throat> and, and then, you know, he would always badmouth my mom. So it was like, even at a really young age, it was like, I was mediating these two adults, you know what I mean? Like, okay, well, dad said this about mom. It's upset my little brother. You know what I mean? So I got to kind of be like, Hey, you know, everything's okay. Dad's just hangry, whatever, whatever. So, you know, that, that really benefited me for real, I think in life, honestly. So it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely helped. Um, I guess the last little thing that I would ask is this is an, an ode to Nathan who usually hosts us is, Justin, what are you grateful for today? Just one thing? No, you can pick numerous. Okay. Uh, I'm grateful to be alive, um, for real, because I, I feel like I'm on borrowed time at this point, so I can't waste it. You know, two overdoses, Narcan twice the first time, Narcan four times the second time. So it's like I, I'm definitely on borrowed time, uh, and I, I'm definitely not wasting it. Um, grateful for my family and my support. Uh, I'm grateful for the guys in the house. I'm grateful for a mixed shin period. Uh, my network, my sponsor, um, anybody that I talk to on a daily basis that's constantly there for me. Um, yeah, I'm grateful that the sun's shining outside today. I'm tired of all that rain, you know, that was going on. So uh, I'm just grateful to be here, man. I'm just grateful for the opportunity, too, because I've relapsed twice in mixed shin. And um, Jesse gave me the alternative, you know, or the ultimatum, whatever. You can either leave or you can do the intensive. And at first, I was like, "Peace, I'm gone." <laughs> you know, but um, I'm glad that he gave me the opportunity, him and Bob and everything, and they they saw potential in me that I couldn't see in myself. And um, I'm super super grateful for them and for that. And uh, grateful for y'all for having me on here today. And um, you know, yeah, just that empowerment piece piece is pretty pretty cool, right? When yeah. someone else is like. You can do this. Yeah, you can yeah. do this. What if you don't think yeah, you can? Like, I believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely huge. You know, it makes you feels good. You know, it's a little warm, fuzzy feeling. Hell yeah, brother. Come on. What are you grateful for today, Jason? I am grateful for the Wanderlust crew, which consists of my Ooh. dad and his sister, my aunt Carolyn. Uh, they are uh, have been extremely instrumental in my road to recovery. Um, from doing the research to get me here to the McShin, putting up money to being there when I'm high as gas and just listening, you know? So I'm definitely grateful for them and I'm grateful for you guys having me on here. Absolutely. Todd, what are you grateful for? I, I think grateful for a lot of stuff. I was, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for just being the opportunity to uh, spend this with you guys. You brought me, you know, often I don't think a whole lot about the early early part of me coming to Richmond and so like listening to the stories like in like the, that's what I like about the new persons to the recovery group because it reminds me of the foundation that I really established with this time that really got me going to where I'm at now that's you know led to like with Kelly and the kids you know the reunification with them and stuff like that so it's it's always I always am encouraged every day with the stories that I come in contact with here that, you know, I can see tangibly 
you know, in front of me. So, mm -hmm. but, so that's it. That's it for today. This is great. So then, you know, I'm grateful for Winslow tonight. So we got yeah, that we had a good good pod tonight. Um, I'm grateful to have you guys on. I'm grateful for Todd. I'm grateful to have enough energy to, you know, get through the day now and not have to like pick up at all or anything Wake like that. That was actually gone. that was actually a question that I had when you started talking about getting up at five forty-five in the morning. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I wanted. To, I did want to ask us. Was it for all three of you? Was it weird? Because I know for me, with, with an alcoholic side, I would stay up till three, four in the morning drinking, you know, and then I hated the mornings. I hated getting up in the mornings. But yeah. now, now, like just briefly, if you want to answer it briefly. I like, still hate the mornings. My first, the first half hour of my day is the worst part of my day. It's just the way it's always going to be, I guess. Yeah, I'm the opposite, man. Like, I freaking, you know, I do. I like getting up early. I like seeing the sunrise. I used to hate it. I oh, I hate seeing the sunrise. Yeah, I, I do not want to see the sunrise yeah, ever. Yeah, oh, great time, time ever, I had to man. black out the curtains. Like, I do not want to know what time it is. There. You know, no matter, in my drug use, no matter what time it was, if, if I was staying up all night, all day, I'd love, like, I didn't block out the sun at all. No, I'd I love to see did. watching that sun come up. And to answer your question, like, now, like, <clears throat> Coming, you know, through the military, yeah, uh, it was like clockwork getting up at ten. Now, as an adult, yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard, bro. It's definitely hard getting up at five forty-five and trying to remain quiet, especially in a house full of dudes and waking this dude up. Yeah, you, you know, I'm up at six, six twenty <laughs> yeah. every morning. Like I have an a internal alarm clock now, especially after prison, because the doors pop at six, <laughs> and if you're sleeping, you're slipping. So uh, I'm yeah. a, I'm a roll out I'm a no, wake I'm, up at eight roll out of the bed, <laughs> wet my hair, brush my teeth, throw some clothes on, I'm out the door. Wow. I, I'm 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 like a good pizza, thirty minutes or less, dude. <laughs> every time my feet hit the my feet hit the floor and I'm gone. I'm ready. Thirty minutes or less. I'm actually pretty grateful for that too. You know what I mean? The fact that I am a morning person, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm gr I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful to have you guys on. It's good to get you get to know you a little better. Um, Definitely happy to have y'all on and uh, just grateful to have a productive life where I feel like I'm actually contributing to society more often now. So, yeah, I really appreciate having you guys on. We'll, we'll have to do this again, maybe, maybe a little check in another like week or so. Right on. This is awesome. I had no idea you guys had a podcast. Like, what? Let's do this. <laughs> Welcome yeah, to the show. <laughs> Let's do this. Todd, thank you, buddy. This is it. Get in the herd. Get out there and get in.